Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Riskmasters Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, as always, Ben Mossdaller here, and we found Doug Glatke. He has returned. He's a busy man, and I'm glad he's taken time out of his night to be a part of this NFC West edition of the Roastmasters Fantasy Football Podcast. First, Doug, how you been? What's new? I, I know you're drafting right now, so maybe give a update on uh, what you like about your draft you're doing right now. I'm doing pretty good, man. But right now, I am currently drafting in a league with a big league with my friend from Cal U and um, it's a 12 team PPR hundred dollar buy-in the pace, the payout scale is incredible. If you win the league, you win $700. If you get second, you win 300. If you win your division, you get your money back. And for a league where I can potentially win $700, I don't feel nearly as good as I did drafting last year. Um, last year, I, I caught lightning in a bottle. I had both uh, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs in this league, and I just basically like cakewalked the whole way to the championship. So, I don't know. Hopefully, it works out, but I'm not really feeling too great about it right now. Well, Doug, we hope for the best in this draft. Uh, you know, anything can happen. There's always those surprises, and uh, especially when you're putting in that – money you want to make sure you come out on top uh so hopefully hopefully things work out in your favor yeah hopefully but uh i'll tell you what man uh if matt stafford rebounds in a big way i think i think we're in business yeah and and we discussed a little bit prior to the podcast that we think uh stafford can do that and i really don't want to dig too too much into him because uh, here shortly, we're going to be talking about the Rams and Matt Stafford. So uh, that will be a good plug into this NFC West podcast. And this is the, the last division we're reviewing next week. We will be uh, on here with our sleepers, busts, and our rankings, which I'm very excited to go over and do. And I think it's very important for people who are really into fantasy football and are wanting to win their leagues to do some homework and see who you like as far as rankings, at least do a top 10, a top 20, maybe at each position, some sleepers, some busts that you like early on, you like late in rounds. That way, when you go into a draft, you can kind of follow what you've studied. But if you don't have time for that, that's what Doug and I are here for tonight and with our past episodes, which you can find now on Apple podcasts, go on to iTunes store, the podcasts uh, on the home screen if you got an iPhone and uh, just search Roastmasters Fantasy Football and there we are. And we go over each division. We go over uh, all the, the key players uh, in each division. We go over the teams and tell you how we think they're going to do record-wise. So uh, if you don't have the time, just throw it on on your way to work, at work, at the gym, wherever you're at, making dinner. And uh, take a listen. I think we can help you win some leagues. So let's get started in an NFC West that's always very competitive. And last year it went to the Seattle Seahawks who finished 12 and four. And you really have to give the nod to Russell Wilson, who 
finished quarterback six last year with over 4,000 passing yards, 40 touchdowns, which was actually tied second overall last year for passing touchdowns. But he did have 13 interceptions, which was tied for third worst, which really pulled Russell down. He's not one to throw that many, and uh, he was kind of off for that. But he has the rushing ability, 513 rushing yards, which was fourth best, only two rushing touchdowns. So Russell Wilson is a guy that you always want to look for in a draft because he has so much upside and this year, there is uh, talk that they're going to be passing the ball more, Doug. So what do you think about Russell Wilson? Does he upgrade from the six last year? Where do you like taking him? Uh, can he lead this team to another division win? I love the idea of Pete Carroll finally letting Russ cook. I think that he's going to shoot up the rankings. I think that, you know, if you let Russ throw the football consistently, rather than handing it off to Chris Carson as much as they normally do and they're used to doing, he's probably a top three QB fantasy-wise and probably one of the best quarterbacks in football up there with Mahomes. Yeah, Russell Wilson on and off the field is one of my favorites, probably my favorite quarterback in the league. I actually got a a nice new Russell Wilson jersey sitting behind me, something I'll pull out during the draft. Uh, a big Russell guy. Uh, I think that he does improve this year. They're going to let him cook, and uh, he's got the receivers for it, uh, which we'll touch uh, briefly. But right now his current ADP is quarterback seven. And just to put it into uh, perspective, he's been consistent. He was quarterback two in 2019 and quarterback eight in 2018. So he's always a top 10 QB in fantasy, and you can't go wrong. You know, I, I like him right around that quarterback seven. He has that top three upside if he does cook this year uh, and cuts down on the interceptions. I think that uh, he has that top three upside with Allen and Mahomes. Uh, but comfortably, you take him quarterback five, six, seven, uh, you're, you got a great quarterback that's going to lead your team to some victories. And, and he's a consistent guy year in and year out. And just noting that they're going to pass the ball more this year is what they're saying. That even helps him out uh, even more. And two years ago, we saw him quarterback too. He could easily be right back to there. And he does have help at the wide receiver position though, to get him all these touchdowns and uh, a, a rookie that we've seen really blow up, you know, the last few years, the DK Metcalf, uh, who finished wide receiver seven last year with over a thousand receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. That was on 83 receptions, uh, which was a huge improvement from the year prior where he finished wide receiver 33. And Doug, a lot of people are sleeping on Tyler Lockett this year. Uh, he finished wide receiver eight last year, 100 receptions, so 17 more than Metcalf which was fifth best overall out of the wide receiver spot over a thousand yards as well. And also 10 touchdowns, which was tied with Metcalf for sixth best overall out of the wide receivers right now, Metcalf wide receiver six and Lockett the whole back whole way back and wide receiver 21 in the fifth round. So you like uh, any of these guys more than the other, you happy to take both of them. You you want one over the other. What do you think about these two receivers for the Seattle Seahawks? 
I really like DK Metcalf. Um, I like what he's done. I think he has really good chemistry with Russell Wilson. But uh, this year, um, not even trying to play devil's ad- advocate, this is just something I feel very strongly about. I'm not sold on Tyler Lockett this year. I think, you know, if I'm able to do the uh, preview episode next week where we talk about sleepers and busts and things of that nature, I would probably put Tyler Lockett on my potential bust list. Um, I don't like his ADP. I think this should be a little a bit lower. I think he should be like a seventh or eighth round pick guy. And um, I think that, you know, if Russell Wilson is going to start throwing the ball more, he's probably going to zero in on DK Metcalf. And um, he's just that Metcalf will be his guy. Um, That's just my opinion. I'm not really sold on Tyler Lockett this year, though. Interesting, Doug. And we we agree on a lot of stuff, but uh, I actually have Tyler Lockett as a sleeper based off of his ADP. Uh, and not that you, you're wrong or, or I'm right or anything like that. Um, we still have to find out, but he hasn't finished uh, lower than wide receiver 13 uh, since 2017. That was his uh, worst finish. So, uh, or I should say wide receiver 13 in 2019, which was his worst finish since 2017. So, at the, I like that about him. I think he has that upside. I think that he passes the ball more. Uh, it benefits Lockett just as much as it does Metcalf. Um, Metcalf is going to take a step forward, I do believe so. I think what you had seen last year is a good uh, you know, floor of where they could be at, where you can guarantee that they're going to get you know, close to 90 receptions, over 1,000 receiving guards, and double-digit or close to double-digit touchdowns, which puts them in the top uh, 10 wide receiver range. So I like both these guys. If you can get Metcalf uh, early on, why not? I, I, I like the guy. He's got the size, and he has some more red zone targets than Tyler Lockett, which is beneficial to note. And Tyler Lockett, if he's sitting there late uh, in the fifth round, you know, why not snag him? There's some other wide receivers around him that aren't bad, but I like Lockett better at that spot. So either way, both talented wide receivers, but mainly because they have Russ Wilson throwing him the ball. Uh, They had Gerald Everett from the Rams, who finished tight end 19 last year, three touchdowns. Right now his current ADP is tight end 26, which could potentially be a deep sleeper. I mean, they like throwing the ball, so – uh, Everett, not a bad tight end. He could be somebody you want to pick up late, but uh, we'll move on from that and, and go to the running back situation. And Chris Carson uh, is the guy, finished running back 19 last year. He had issues with uh, fumbling the year before, and he seemed to overcome that uh, this year. Uh, 681 yards, five touchdowns. He did have four receiving touchdowns, which was actually tied uh, for second best uh, out of uh, all the running backs. I believe Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara were somewhere up there. Uh, the rushing, not where you'd expect it. Only 681 yards. Uh, and he was running back 12 last year, so he did, or two years ago. So it was a slight decline. Uh, he did miss five games. Maybe you could argue with that, but Chris Carson right now, I, I mean, he's going 
somewhere in the fourth round, I believe, in most drafts around some guys like David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift. Is Carson a guy that uh, in that range you're looking to draft? I would say so. Um, just because the two guys that you just said are pretty unproven commodities. Um, the only thing that I would potentially worry about with Chris Carson, though, is uh, like we said, the, the uh, plan is for the Seahawks to start throwing the ball more, which means, you know, Chris Carson's numbers are probably going to take a hit, you know? So, like, if, if you're in a position where you could take him as your RB2 or your flex, you're probably okay. But, you know, you don't want to go into a draft saying, all right, Chris Carson's my RB1, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, Chris Carson is not a running back one. And, and arguably two years ago, a running back 12, I mean, right on the outside of being an RB1, but he's falling from that. Um, last year, he had six of 12 games with double digit fantasy points. Uh, so he, he, he obviously missed five, six of the 12, he had double digit fantasy points, but only one over 20 fantasy points. So if you're looking for a guy that has huge upside, Carson's going downhill and knowing that Russ is going to pass the ball more, it maybe it helps him PPR wise. I mean, he was second best in touchdowns and receiving touchdowns. I think it's fair where he's going running back 19. I, I don't think you're wrong drafting him, but you also know what you're getting out of Chris Carson. Uh, DeAndre Swift is a big question mark. And so is David Montgomery, in my opinion, because he finished the season strong, but uh, you know, he played some easy defenses. Is that the David Montgomery we're going to see all of next year? I don't know. So Chris Carson, I think out of those other guys is more of a, a consistent guy that you know, you know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, but he also is declining slightly. So uh, I, I'm not like going after him in that round. Uh, but if he would land to me, I would probably take him over Montgomery and Swift in that area. Um, there, you know, Dobbins is somewhere around that area, too. Uh, and I'm a big Dobbins guy this year. A lot of people aren't. So Carson, we'll see. I, I, I think he's as less as a question mark as some other guys in that area. Um, and we know that what he can do, I, I think he's still a top 20 running back in the league. Uh, defensively, 14th overall. So they're about average. Um, again, we said last year, 12 and four. We predicted 13 and three, so we were right on target with how the Seattle Seahawks did. Doug, another game added this year. Do you think that they win the division? Uh, and if so, what record do you think that they will finish this season with? I think that they'll end up going um, 11 and six. I don't think that they get the division this year. Um, obviously we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but I have a lot of faith in the Rams this year to win that division at least. Yeah, I'm right in the same boat with you, Doug, as far as record. I got them one game better. Uh, I think this is one of the most competitive divisions, at least this year, but in the most uh, recent years, they've been very, very close. Uh, I like 12 and five this year. And maybe that's good enough to win it slightly. Maybe it isn't, but 
uh, you know, there's a couple teams in here. I mean, the whole division, it wouldn't be surprising if any of these teams are number one. I mean, I, I like Arizona, LA and Seattle better than I do the 49ers, but I think they make an improvement this year too. So it's a very competitive division. There's a lot of split games, uh, but I like the 12 and five mark for the Seattle Seahawks, which uh, while I am doing this, I think that is good enough record wise to win the division. Uh, And right now I think it's not a bad pick if you're, if you do uh, sports betting, because right now they're third in the division to win behind the Rams. And I also think the 49ers potentially. So if you're a betting guy, why not throw uh, some money on the, the defending champs of the NFC West. What do you think, Doug? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it as a futures bet, um, you know. And like you said, like the Rams and the Cardinals are also going to be really good. The 49ers are going to have improvement. You know, a lot of the 49ers depends on Trey Lance, though. But, you know, we're going to get to that. Um, I just think it's – I think it's wild to me, Ben, how day and night the NFC East and the NFC West are. Like, the NFC West is crazy competitive. Every team has a good record. And then the NFC East is like, all right, like, here's the consolation prize playoff team that's probably not even going to have a winning record and make it in. You have one division fighting for 500 and another division exactly. fighting for a top seed. Uh, in the conference so it's true it's true uh it's crazy how that is but who knows maybe the nfc east will be more competitive this year we hope uh but let's move on to the rams doug we brought it up uh, about matt stafford you you drafted him tonight in your league and uh, he was traded uh for that jared goff matt stafford trade and lands in la from detroit Uh, last year he was quarterback 16 uh, with over 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. He likes to throw the ball, and we'll talk here briefly uh, about his weapons here in a second. Uh, but right now, going quarterback 12, what do you think about uh, Matt Stafford? I know you're, you, you like him with uh, McVay here. Uh, Jared Goff, obviously, was throwing the ball a lot. I, I think Stafford's a better quarterback than Goff. At throwing the football, uh, obviously. So I, I think uh, this is good for this uh, Rams team. Yeah, I really like Matt Stafford this year as an option for, you know, as a really good, like, under-the-radar starting quarterback option. Um, you know, the big thing is, is like, you're going to be in an arms – rather than being in an arms race to go in the top five quarterbacks or Justin Herbert – or someone like, you know, you like Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, obviously, you know, the uh, dynamic duo of Mahomes or Josh Allen, you know, rather than getting yourself in an arms race and basically shooting yourself in the foot in terms of maximizing your draft, um, just take a chance on Matt Stafford to be your starter. Um, Honestly, I think that him and Sean McVay together is a match made in heaven. Um, there was a time where we all thought that as well with uh, Jared Goff. But, you know, I think that Stafford's needed a guy like this for the longest time, you know. And obviously, 
it's not the best receivers he's played with, but there's so it's the best group of weapons he's ever had, in my opinion, you know, because obviously the receivers are great. They have three really good receivers. And then, you know, you still have Tyler Higby at tight end who wasn't really bad last season. Um, but, you know, I know Stafford loves tight ends, man. So I think that, you know, while we're at it, I'm just going to say uh, stock should be going up on Tyler Higby. As well. Doug, yeah, Doug, I agree with you. Uh, I, I actually have him as a sleeper. Uh, I think that he has a lot of upside with Gerald Everett gone, with getting the addition of Matt Stafford. I really like Tylee, or Tylee, <laughs> Tyler Higby. Maybe that would be his nickname. I really like Tyler Higby this year, uh, especially where he's being drafted. Uh, but let's talk about those guys, uh, the wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, while we're on Higby last year, 44 receptions, 521 yards, five touchdowns, uh, which was best for wide receiver 17. This year going tight end 14, where you have a guy that likes to throw to the tight end, and they like to use the tight end here in L.A., uh, as well as Gerald Everett, who shared some uh, catches with him last year and some time on the field. Uh, he's gone in Seattle. So very, very good upside there and a sleeper on Tyler Higby. Uh, but let's move on to those wide receivers that have just been phenomenal uh, the last so many years uh, with a guy like Jared Goff at quarterback now with a new addition of Stafford. Maybe these guys get even better. And that's Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. And last year, Robert Woods finished wide receiver 14, 90 receptions, right under a thousand yards, six touchdowns. He also had two rushing touchdowns just to add that in there. Cooper Cup, uh, slight decline. Uh, he was wide receiver four year prior, wide receiver 26 uh, last year, but still 92 receptions right under 1,000 yards. The touchdowns were down, and that was his issue, only three touchdowns. Um, Woods right now, ADP, wide receiver 13. Cup is going wide receiver 22 right after Tyler Lockett. Um, I think both are solid picks, Doug. I uh, favor Woods a little bit more just because I think that he's going to be a better target for Stafford, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I do like uh, where Woods is going in draft as far as I like him over a couple more wide receivers in that range uh, where he's going because Keenan Allen's pretty much gone. Uh, Terry McLaurin's right on the edge there. It kind of just starts some – you're in that range of like Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and I like Woods better than him. Cooper Cup, uh, not a bad pick, but I like maybe a couple other wide receivers where Cup's going. So that's where I'm at with these two guys. Is there a guy that you like more, that you're targeting more this year with Stafford at the helm? I, I honestly – I. You know, I think that Tyler Higby or um, no, I lied. Um, that was a mistake on my end. My bad. Um, I think that Cooper Cup's the better option, um, just like you said, with like where Robert Woods is. Um, I just think that, you know, obviously, like he's going to favor both of them. But I think that um, Cup is the more raw possession guy. And I think in a PPR setting, I like Cooper Cup a lot more than Robert Woods. 
yeah, I don't think you go wrong with either of them. And uh, Tyler Higby uh, definitely, he has that upside to be a starting tight end, especially if you fall on some of the top guys. I mean, he could easily beat out a guy like TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Logan Thomas. I mean, he could be in that range. Uh, Robert Tunyon last year popped off. I mean, Tehikovi could be that this year. We just, we're not putting him there yet. We know that he could be a solid backup tight end, a hundred percent. I wouldn't draft him as a tight end one, but he has that upside, uh, unlike a lot of the tight ends that I'm seeing. Uh, but definitely a, a backup tight end. Woods and Cup. I mean, they're going to be throwing the ball uh, in LA, and you can't go wrong with either of them. I think the only issue I have with Cup is just his on-field percentage is a little bit uh, lower than Woods. They seem to sub Cup in. Uh, more in and out of the game than they do Woods. So that's why I like Woods a little bit more, but both very good receivers. Uh, enough with that. Let's move on to the running backs. And Daryl Henderson is the starting running back, but now just the other day, Sonny Michelle was traded from the Patriots to the LA Rams and could see some time. We know that Henderson is taking over because the absence of Cam Akers and a lot of people are high on Cam Akers. Good season last year. Um, Henderson did play in a few games, but didn't do that great. He still had five touchdowns. Uh, and again, a couple good fantasy games. And just to note, his first game without Cam Akers last year uh, was good for almost 20 fantasy points. So Right now, I don't know where the ADP is. When I was looking, it was running back 21. I think it's going to fall a little bit more because the addition of Sonny Michel. Um, he's not really a PPR play, 16 receptions total last year, but maybe that goes up. Doug, do you like any of these running backs uh, from the Rams? I don't really like them as, like, main options. Um, I think – you know, I, I would I wouldn't mind taking Sony Michelle as like a backup running back option, um, or as like a bench option at running back. Um, I think that he's going to get get a lot more play there than he did in New England, and you know that might just help him reach his potential, and um, you know become a more consistent player in the league than he has been uh, to this point in his career. Yeah, a lot of hype on Henderson. Um, this is his year, though, to, to prove that he's the guy uh, that he was worth drafting. Cam Akers obviously took over that role last year. So I, I think Sonny Michelle takes away some of the carries from Henderson. So I'm not as high on him as I was noting that he was the top guy before Michelle was there because I didn't see much competition behind him. So I'm not really as excited now for Daryl Henderson. I think he could pop off in some games, but um, I think that Michelle does take some time away. I mean, Sonny Michelle was going as a late first round, uh, second round type guy a few years back. So I think he still has that potential in this offense. Todd Gurley dominated for the Rams years back. Uh, Sonny Michelle, another powerhouse. So Henderson has a lot on his shoulders that he has to carry otherwise he could lose a starting spot so not as comfortable drafting uh the running back there for the rams defensively number one overall you gotta go with their defense you got aaron donald in the front line there you can't go wrong one of the best players in all of football 
Uh, so last year they go 10 and six. We predicted nine and seven, just like the Seahawks. We were one off. Doug, you're high on them. You think they can win the division. You had the Seahawks at 11 and five. Where do you like the Rams this year? I want them to go 13 and four. Um, I think it's doable. I think it's possible. I think we're finally going to get to see Matt Stafford play. Um, at an incredibly high level in a playoff setting. And there's nothing I've wanted more than that to happen because I know that we haven't gotten it much, you know, had Stafford in the playoffs like one or two years with Megatron. But I mean, Ben, I, I need, I need a big Matt Stafford here, man. Like he's one of my favorite players and you know, he's honestly, in my opinion, he's been screwed over most of his career being stuck in Detroit. And, you know, I would love for him and Sean McVay to get cooking and make some magic happen. Yeah, that would be great to see in L.A. Uh, you have the defense. You just need the offense going in a 10 and six year where uh, Goff wasn't himself. Uh, he wasn't the old Goff. I mean, if you had, we had golf, Super Bowl golf, you know, years back. And then he went and just declined after that. So to have a guy like Stafford there who loves to throw the ball, uh, which is like what they like to do there in LA, I think this team does slightly improve. Um, you know, I have them at 11 and six, one game better. You had the other game. I think that they have that high upside that, like Doug says. I think that they have to be one of the favorites to win the division. I think it's between them and the Seahawks. Uh, but, you know, there's other teams in this division that could surprise. But there's a lot of hope in this Rams team this year. And uh, we hope to see them perform well and help you win your fantasy team if you draft some of these guys uh, or your fantasy league. So let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals, who – have some excitement there as well. And you got to start with the phenomenal quarterback in Kyler Murray, who was quarterback eight, two years ago, last year, quarterback three, he improved. The numbers were down with passing yards. Uh, he was below 4,000, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. But this is where Kyler Murray comes in clutch 819 rushing yards, which was second overall and 11 rushing touchdowns, which is also second overall out of the quarterback spot. Uh, he moves up five spots. He continues to improve. And we talk about weapons with the past two teams. They get some more wep weapons here uh, in uh, Arizona, which we'll talk about here br briefly. But what do you think about Kyler Murray this year? Is he a top five, maybe even top three quarterback for you? I think the potential is there. Um, you know, I've always liked Kyler. It's just, um, you know, the, the entire offense needs to come together. Obviously they had, a, they added a couple good weapons with Deandre Hopkins last year and he had a lot of good chemistry with him, but uh, you know, honestly, man, I'm just looking for Kyler to take the next step forward. Um, he's a really great talent. Um, you know, I'd love for him to have like top five QB numbers because, you know, he's somebody that I feel like, you know, once you in the quarterback frenzy, I feel like he's somebody who gets lost in the shuffle and that somebody can easily draft 
um, in a middle round where nobody's really expecting to take him or looking to take him and reap the benefits a great deal with having him on their roster. Yeah, there's a lot of upside here for Kyler Murray and being a quarterback three, you're like, there's a lot of upside. I mean, he can't get much better than that, but if he can improve in the, in the passing game, uh, man, this guy could be the quarterback one easily. Uh, he has a, the rushing ability just as Josh Allen does. If he can improve with the arm as Josh Allen did last year, I mean, he's a top two, top one guy, uh, comfortably top five for me. Um, I like him right there at quarterback three, which is where his ADP is at, uh, just because we've seen what he did last year. Um, but easily a top five quarterback and uh, a sneaky play uh, where you might see the top two guys go off with Mahomes and Allen. And then there might be a little brief time where you don't see the other quarterbacks go just as quick. Murray is a guy that if you grab him at a decent round, you're going to be happy with his performance because he can do it both on the ground and in the air. Uh, let's talk about the guys he's throwing to in the air and one being DeAndre Hopkins, who Doug mentioned coming from the Houston Texans last year, wide receiver four. He was second in receptions, 115. He was second in yards with almost uh, or a little over 1400, not quite 1500 yards six touchdowns uh he did improve from the year prior and right now still going as a top five wide receiver his current adp is wide receiver four right behind Devonte adams tyree kill and stefan diggs one uh, one note to add for these cardinals is more weapons aj green is now on the team injury prone guy but a talented receiver we'd seen years back when healthy for the Bengals. And they also drafted Rondell Moore, who I think is a sleeper at the wide receiver position. He is a talented college wide receiver. Now he gets to join Kyler Murray. Uh, Christian Kirk also on that team. I think he takes a little drop. He did have six touchdowns as well last year, but 48 receptions. The ball can only go so far. Right now, ADP, wide receiver four for Hopkins. Uh, AJ Green, wide receiver 68. And Christian Kirk, wide receiver 83. Uh, what do you think about these weapons? Is Hopkins worth uh, drafting in the second round? Because you're mainly, you're, you're most likely going to be drafting a running back first. Uh, do you like the running backs in the second round enough to take one over DeAndre Hopkins or would Hopkins be on your radar if you draft a running back in the first round? I like the idea of having DeAndre Hopkins as your main wide receiver after going running back round one, because you know, you, you named a lot of really talented receivers, Ben, but none of them outside of DeAndre Hopkins are a for sure thing. Like every single one of them had, had a caveat. Like Rondale Moore's a rookie, not really sure how big of an opportunity he's going to have. A.J. Green's been injury prone. Um, even though when healthy, I think he could be really awesome with Kyler. Um, been very injury prone over the past I would say four to five years. And then Christian Kirk, man, um, you know, he's going to be the next victim of James Washington disease where you have so many wide receivers that you don't really have room to uh, get him on the field and get him consistent reps, at least reps consistent enough to be that of 
a worthy starting lineup wide receiver option in fantasy football. Yeah, and Christian Kirk is a, a talented receiver. I mean, he could be a wide receiver one on on some teams, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, if you take a look at the Raiders, they have nobody, so I think he could easily be a wide receiver one on that team. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, Hopkins does have that upside, and you know what you can get out of him every year. You know that he's going to be consistent. You know that he's going to give you at least a hundred receptions, um, and. and Honestly, I think the touchdowns can go up from the six, uh, unlike last year where it boosts him somewhere right there in the wide receiver three range. Um, so Hopkins, I do like as my – I actually think I have Hopkins at wide receiver three. I, I like him a little bit better, uh, and he's more consistent than Tyree Kill in my opinion. Um, but I, I think if you draft a good running back right off the bat and Hopkins is sitting to you in the second round – I actually like a couple wide receivers better in the second round than I do some of the running backs. So I would not be disappointed with DeAndre Hopkins on my team. Uh, I wouldn't be really focusing on drafting any of the other wide receivers, neither with their tight end, Max Williams, who only had one touchdown last year and a touchdown the year before. Um, but they also throw the ball to the running backs. And now that Kenny and Drake's gone, Chase Edmonds takes the nod. It was running back 25 last year. 448 yards, one touchdown. But again, he gets it done in the passing game, 53 receptions and four receiving touchdowns. Now he will be the main guy, even though they do add our James Conner from the Pittsburgh Steelers, an injury-prone guy. Uh, Edmonds is the starting running back, currently going at running back 22. I know, Doug, you were talking about drafting Chase Edmonds uh, when we were discussing your draft from earlier what do you think about this running back duo, especially Edmonds going into this year? You know, I think Edmonds has potential to have a really good year. Um, obviously didn't look bad in chunks last season, but, you know, like you said, Ben, like he's going to be the one who, who has the pole. This is his running back room. And, you know, he's going to have the opportunity to, you know, have a really, really good season. And, you know, I think he's a really good sleeper running back. You know, if you need an RB2, I'd be comfortable taking Chase Edmonds as my RB2. I'd even feel better if he was my flex. But, you know, if you have to take him RB2 out of necessity, that is what that is. So um, I like Chase Edmonds. I think that he could be good, you know. Don't sleep on James Conner a ton, though, just because of, like, knowing how he is. He's going to feel like he's going to, he's been slighted with how things ended in Pittsburgh. And I really think that he has a lot left in the tank and a lot left to give. Yeah. You know, we saw Edmonds get it done last year, even uh, with Kenny and Drake there. Now Drake's on the Raiders, but they, they work to running backs well in Arizona. Uh, you know, Kenny and Drake was, a not so bad running back last year and Chase Edmonds right behind him. Not as good as a Chubb Hunt duo, but I mean, when you take a look at running back duos right up with them with Drake and Edmonds. So I, I think Connor does play a role, but Edmonds is still a good receiving back. And if he gets uh, number one running back duties and he's rushing the ball more uh, that is incredible. I think he has that top 20 running back upside easily. So 
I think right where he's going is pretty fair. If you can get him a little bit later, it's a heck of a deal. Um, but Chase Edmonds may be a sneaky pick here uh, when you're drafting. Uh, the defense improved tremendously from 2019 to 2020. They were 31st overall in 2019, the whole way up to 10th last year. So that really boosted them to do better. Uh, they did finish 500 at 8-8 and last year. We predicted 8-8 eight and eight for them. So we were one off on the other two teams. We were perfect for the Cardinals. Do you see them decline or where do you see them go from here, Doug, uh, record-wise for these Cardinals? I'll tell you what, Ben, I think they win 10 games this year. I think that they'll go 10 and 7 and potentially be in the mix for an NFC wildcard spot. You know, because you got to think of it this way, man. You know, we talked about all the additions they had on offense and how this looks like a great chance for Kyler Murray to succeed. They also had J.J. Watt on defense, and that's going to be huge for them um, because I feel like defense has been an issue for them for several years and has held them back in a lot of ways. So if J.J. Watt can come in and make a big impact on defense and Kyler can get it done on the other side of the ball, I, I see no no issue with this team potentially winning 10 games. Yeah, I, th I think there's upside there for this team. And, I mean, we've talked highly on them. An improved defense, a offense that's coming back, but with even better targets for Kyler Murray. Uh, if he can pass the ball, man, this team has that big upside. I, I like that 10-7. and seven. I think it might be a little bit too high, uh, but definitely could be there. I feel more comfortable saying like a nine and eight or eight and nine, right around that mark. Uh, but if you say, Hey, our defense improved, we got more weapons for Kyler Murray. And uh, you know, we're comfortable with going with Chase Edmonds. Here's our starting running back. I mean, this team could easily win two more games. I think their schedule is a little bit tougher. They play in a tough division why I'm not comfortable going with the 10, but uh, you know, nine and eight, eight and nine, I think that's very comfortable for this Cardinals team. But again, uh, don't be surprised if they go on to challenge or even win this division. They have that upside. And uh, if you're doing a futures bet, why not throw some money on the Arizona Cardinals? And you take a look at a lot of these divisions. I think that you take a look at some of these teams that are maybe ranked third in the division, like the Cardinals were last year. I think the, they have the biggest uh, upside and the best chance of making that jump to actually win the division. So uh, the Browns would have to be up there too, I would assume. Um, but I like the Cardinals and uh, we'll see what they can do this year. Uh, one more team for you guys to go over is the San Francisco 49ers who, uh, you know, had an off year last year going six and 10. And the questions start at quarterback. Is it Jimmy Garoppolo or is it, the third pick overall in this year's draft in Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo last year only played in six games, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Hasn't been the guy that San Francisco had wanted out of him. So they used their third overall pick on Trey Lance. Kind of surprising. They, I was thinking more Mac Jones there for that system, but they're, they're taking the Trey Lance look. And, I mean, this guy doesn't make mistakes. 28 touchdowns and no interceptions. That's right, zero interceptions in 2019, along with over 1,000 rushing yards and 14 
uh, rushing touchdowns. Right now, Lance going quarterback 23. Right now, really, none of them are getting drafted. What do you think about the situation? Who's the guy that you want to see at quarterback in uh, San Francisco? I think that I want to see them go Trey Lance right off the bat. Um, you know, obviously not really sure what kind of fantasy value he could provide, but just from a uh, entertainment and a fan perspective, I want Trey Lance right off the bat. Um, you know, I think that he can be one of the better quarterbacks of this class in terms of a rookie season. And, you know, I think that, we're getting to a point now where it's only a matter of time until the 49ers move on from Jimmy Garoppolo in some way, shape or form. Um, I could definitely see a trade mid season of Jimmy to like a team, maybe like Houston, seeing how the Deshaun Watson situation's playing out or somewhere else that might need a quarterback, you know? Um, I think of the, the football team as well, because, um, you know, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but like, man, is that who you actually want to commit to as a QB one at his age? You know, I think that there there's potential there. And, you know, obviously there's going to be a couple other teams that are going to have holes to fill at quarterback. Yeah, I would rather have Trey Lance over Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think the one nod that Lance had uh, one strike against Lance is playing for North Dakota State, not much tough competition, uh, which could really hurt him right off the bat. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo just struggled with the 49ers, so I'm not comfortable uh, drafting him or starting him if I'm the San Francisco 49ers. Why not throw out Trey Lance? I mean, I don't think you could do any worse. Uh, flawless, flawless quarterback, and he has that rushing ability. Uh, so I like Trey Lance to start, not a guy that I'm going to be drafting, but I don't think a lot of people are going to be drafting Trey Lance, maybe a, a backup. If you do uh, late in a draft and one of the late last rounds, otherwise he's a waiver wire guy to keep your eye on because he does have weapons as well. And we talk about the NFC West and I think this division probably has the best wide receivers uh, and, and when you look at depth, at least the most wide receiver depth, uh, let's take a look first at their number one receiver, not a wide receiver. It's a tight end, George Kittle, who's been a top fantasy tight end over the last couple of years. Only eight games last year, only one touchdown, which is concerning. He's still going tight end three. If he can stay healthy, we know that he can do that. Um, when we take a look at the wide receiver, Debo Samuel right now battling an injury, uh, but he's listed as their wide receiver one, seven games last year, only one touchdown. The sleeper guy that Doug was high on last year and that I love this year, Brandon Ayuk, stood out last year, 60 receptions, 748 yards, and five touchdowns. He also had eight double-digit fantasy points uh, games out of 12 games that he played, so that is a good percentage there. Uh, and he also had double-digit targets in four of his last six games. So they were really slinging him the ball. They trusted him. Right now, Ayuk going wide receiver 23, and Debo Samuel wide receiver 40. So they got the weapons there as well for no matter who's at quarterback, Garofalo or Lance. Do you like any of these guys more than another? Um, Doug, I know you are a big brand Ayuk guy last year. 
Yeah, I I mean, you know, I'm I'm afraid that we're getting to a point now with they have so many big um receiving options. You know, it reminds me a lot of the Rams whenever Jared Goff was there, where it was like, okay, like quarterback plays kind of going down a little bit and they have so many great targets that like it's like they don't have any targets at all. You know? Um, but I like Brandon Ayuk. Um, he slid big in the draft I was in tonight. I thought about taking him in like the eighth or ninth round, but I had other holes to fill at the time and I missed out on him. But like, man, like his ADP in uh, a PPR setting was uh, 45. I don't think he went into like 90 ish in the nineties range, which is unreal. Um, you know, but just want to say, I'm kind of worried about George Kittle. Um, with how his season went last year, um, kind of worries me that he might be going on the uh, Zach Ertz esque tailspin into irrelevance. Um, where I mean, I'll be honest with you, man. I was looking at backup tight ends today, and I saw Zach Ertz's name, and I was like, okay, like what the hell is going on here? Like what happened? Yeah, I'm nervous for George Kittle too. After last year, I mean, he still played in eight games and only one touchdown. And with the question at the quarterback position, it's tough to draft him in the top three, in my opinion. Um, I know there's a big drop-off, but uh, this year I'd take Mark Andrews even over George Kittle, just from what we saw last year, which is saying a lot. So uh, there's a lot of question marks here more than any of the other teams, in, in my opinion. And, uh, it starts at the quarterback position. There's talent at wide receiver there. Uh, to say Ayuk fell that deep is insane. I like him at his ADP now. And uh, that's why it's tough around the ADP where he's going because you got three NFC West guys there, Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, Brandon Ayuk. And I don't think you go wrong with either of them um, or any of them there. But if he fall, fell that far, man, I would love that. Um, so definitely some more wide receiver options there. Kittle, a question mark for this year. Um, but let's take a look at the running back position before we close out this team. Hey, before, uh, before go we ahead. go there, I just want to say, don't take a lot of stock on what I said about Brandon Ayuk. Um, I think that's a major outlier. No offense to the guys I just drafted with tonight, but like, to put it in perspective, some dude drafted three quarterbacks, and it was Mahomes, Lamar, and Aaron Rodgers. Wow. wow. Yeah, I, I don't think Ayuk falls that far in a league that people know what they're doing. Not saying that they those guys you're drafting with don't know what they're doing, but uh, if I am a guy who studies up fantasy football a lot and see Brandon Ayuk sitting there then, and he's falling that far, um, I am snagging him. <laughs> so uh, there is a lot of upside with Ayuk. I know Sammy's listed at wide receiver one, but there's injury concerns. And uh, I like how he finished the year. Again, eight of 12 games, he had double-digit fantasy points and double-digit targets. That's huge. Double-digit targets in four of his last six. And obviously, Debo Samuel battling, battling the injury is not there um, to help, but they like Ayuk, and I think they're going to stick there. Uh, with him this year. Uh, now, briefly on the running backs, Raheem Mostert played in eight games last year, 521 yards, three total touchdowns. This is a, a, a team with the 49ers that has just been injury prone. You had your starting quarterback last year, six games, starting running back eight games. 
your starting wide receiver seven and your starting tight end eight, who are all pretty good fantasy options there, especially towards the end. So that was a big hurt for the 49ers, but Mostert has been injury prone right now going running back 30, but a lot of people on, or a lot, a player that's on a lot of people's uh, sleeper board is Trey Sermon, who is a great talent for Oklahoma and Ohio state last year. And if Mostert gets hurt, he gets his opportunity. So do you like uh, Sermon as a sleeper? Are you liking Mostert at all to draft? What do you think about the two running backs here for the 49ers? Honestly, Ben, I like them both. Um, I was really big on like took Mostert this evening because I needed, I needed running back padding. Um, I took Raheem Mostert Rob, and Ronald Jones in a couple of my later rounds because I needed running back padding because um, I ended up having Javante Williams as my RB too. Um, so I'm hoping that one of those two guys can separate themselves from the, from the pack and maybe put up fringe RB2 um, numbers because, you know, I like Javante Williams, but I'm not fully sold on him yet. So, you know, but like I, I, I was at a position in my draft where I was screwed. Um, I had to, I had to basically panic, take a quarterback because of how many team, how many guys were taking quarterbacks right off the bat. Like I told you, I had um, a dude take three quarterbacks who are like literally top 10 quarterback in the league quality. So, you know, I had to make my move. I had to get Matt Stafford. Um, I know that I told you I love Justin Herbert. He went a pick before me when I was drafting the sixth round. So I had to, I had to, I had to make my move quick and, you know, kind of had to make some sacrifices to make it happen. Yeah, these two guys, I, again, big question mark for me. I'm not jumping on either of them. I'd probably jump on Sermon more for the upside. Mostert has that upside, but again, injury prone. And, uh, you know, last year in eight games, only three total touchdowns, which is concerning. But, you know, their whole team uh, that only played in so many games struggled seven and five for Garoppolo in six games one touchdown for Samuel in seven games and only one touchdown for Kittle in eight games. So it was a down year. If they get the running game going, then most will, you know, be beneficial. Uh, and if he stays healthy, he's a guy that can just bust open big plays, maybe a little bit more concerning if Lance is a quarterback though, because of Lance's rushing ability. I, I think it, he plays more of a Kyler Murray, Chase Edmonds role. Uh, most will, or even um, a, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson role, uh, still not a horrible uh, running back, but one that I'm not really saying I want to go out of my draft with a guy like Raheem Mostert. Uh, but anyways, this team last year and their defense 20th overall, which had a huge drop as well from third overall the year prior, this team went downhill six and 10 last year. We predicted nine and seven. Can they come back from all of these injuries last year and uh, potentially have a winning record, Doug. I I honestly don't think that they they can they're going to have a winning record this year. I think they might be close to five hundred, but in my opinion, Ben, I'm going to take seven and ten. Yeah, you read my mind. Seven and ten for them too. I or I think they do uh, improve one game, and I think it's 
because of the health back. I don't like the way that the defense fell, and that really hurt uh, this team last year. Still a lot of question marks on this team, too. A lot of injury concerns, and when you have an upgrade with the Cardinals, an upgrade with the Rams, and a Seahawks team that's been consistent, it's just hard to say that. I mean, one of these teams has to be bad. And uh, my money's on the 49ers to be that team. And not that they're going to be bad. You throw them in a division like we talked about in the NFC East, they're winning the division, <laughs> you know? So they're just in a tough division. Uh, but it's a competitive division. And if they finish above 500 and second or third in the division at the end of the year, I would not be surprised at all just because uh, this division's sneaky. They all have a chance to win. And that's what I like about it. So, I, you know, a lot of good fantasy players we talked about tonight. I think if you draft an NFC West player, you're not going to be disappointed. A lot of upside there. Um, so a very good show to listen to uh, for the NFC West. But that's all we got for you tonight. Uh, make sure you go follow us, Roastmaster, or we are RM underscore fantasy football on Instagram. On Twitter, roast underscore M pod over on Twitter. And we do record on Anchor. So you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts. But recently we got on Apple Podcasts. So if you go onto your iPhone under the podcast, you can Google us or to the iTunes store as well, Roastmasters Fantasy Football. You can give us a listen. And why not let us help you win your league? You're busy, you're tired. Just throw on an hour of us and we'll help you win the league because we do the studying and we do the homework for you to succeed. So next week, look forward to a rankings bust and sleepers podcast. I'm really excited for that. I think it's a, uh, one of the most fun ones of the year and the week after we are hoping to uh, coordinate with the other podcasts that I'm in. We do the bet and potentially do a big mock draft between the guys over there and with us on the Roastmasters pod uh, to do a mock draft for you guys, which I think would be absolutely fun because we're closing in on draft time. Now the preseason's almost over and we're getting to the start of the NFL season. I want to thank you for listening along with Doug Black. You joining me tonight and we'll see you all next week. Have a good one.